1: You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Welcome back, Writer Than You, on this Monday morning. It's hour number two on CBS Sports Radio and the free Odyssey app. Bogus Shin for Bill Ryder. He's off this entire week. I'm with you tomorrow as Wednesday as well. d is here. You're here as well. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Your phone calls, your tweets, buy or sell, Mother Night Football all coming up in this hour. But as promised, right now we kick things off Talking NFL on a busy Sunday, as always, with Mike Sando, who covers the league for The Athletic. Mike, it's Andrew. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing really well. Thanks so much for getting up with us. Um, Wanted to begin with you where I began the show. Ron Rivera, Brandon Staley, do either one of them have their job when we get to week one next season?
2: Uh, I would say no. I think Staley has an outside chance because... The leadership there has, the, the GM, I believe, has hired three head coaches already. So, And they have not been a team that swings big for coaches. Everyone wants to say Sean Payton or Bill Belichick. They don't operate that way. So I would say there's somewhat of a chance that they uh, would bring him back. But it didn't look good after yesterday. I thought he got it, sort of lost it a little bit. You know, saying I'm not talking to the fan base, it had all the signs of, of not coming back, but that's a little bit of a different place.
1: Yeah. That's what I said too. I, I, it feels like in Washington new owner would want to put a stamp on things. It makes sense that Rivera would be out, but I had no read on the LA situation and the charges and what they would want to do with Staley.
2: Yeah. uh, You know, they do have Kellen Moore on the staff. So if they wanted to give a look at somebody else, they could, but They also don't have a bunch of veteran guys on there. So if you're going to make an in-season move, I don't know that there's an obvious person that would take over besides Kellen Moore. I've always thought in the back of my mind, if it got too bad, they could do that and just check him out. But I don't know that it would make them better down the stretch, right? Uh, Just in terms of being able to make whatever they can make out of their defense, which has really been a disappointment.
1: Yeah, no doubt. But, and I, I said this too, you know, he doesn't, Changing head coaches doesn't fix everything about them because they are the Chargers. So I feel like they would have just a different string of issues. They just can't get out of their own way for the most part. But, um, I mean, it is a fair assessment that they're wasting Justin Herbert right now, correct? Uh,
2: yes, yes. Uh, their, their defense is, is just not good. It hasn't been good the whole time. And I really feel like, you know, not just reading between the lines but watching their uh, team that they just really botched the secondary, you know, and you can see that through the attempt to get J.C. Jackson, who they, you know, ended up being a disaster. And right. Apologizing for, right? Yeah. Apologizing for it. So and you could see Brandon Staley up there, uh, you know, talking about how, again, they just can't get it together in their coverage. Well, that's what he was hired for. He was known as having good coverage schemes. I don't know that he suddenly has horrific uh, coverage schemes. I, I think that they have some issues at the cornerback position that are really making it difficult for them. Then the separate issue is, you know, Brandon Staley as a head coach of the team, mm-hmm. right? I think we've seen some ups and downs there and, and some some downs more recently in trying to to deal with all this stuff. It's not easy.
1: On the coordinator level in Pittsburgh, it's another day where we're wondering about the Steeler offense and Kenny Pickett and Matt Canada. Does, does any change matter there at this point, or is it too late?
2: Uh, I would be surprised if Mike Tomlin did that in season. I've been kind of disappointed in the handling of the offensive coordinator position there over most of the last five, six, seven, eight years. If you go back, they had Bruce Arians. They had Ken Wisenhut, right? They had Todd Haley. They had real guys who were good enough at being coordinator that somebody hired him as a head coach, right? And I just feel like down the last few years, it hasn't been that way. And so I don't know if you can change it up during the season and make a big difference. Who else do they have on that offensive staff? I feel like it's more likely there would be a change after the year, and I do think it could help.
1: Is that all on Tomlin for picking the wrong guy and sticking with the wrong guy?
2: Um, I kind of think so. It seems like he would have enough uh, juice in the building to decide who he's going to have as his coordinator. Now, they could be different than some places. I mean, they're a, they're a organization that's had three head coaches in 50 years, so uh, they may be a little bit slower to maneuver around things like that, especially with the coaching staff. That could be somewhat of an organizational thing. But you got to believe with Mike Tomlin's success, never having a losing record, you know, t- Super Bowl winner, that he could have who he wants coordinating the offense.
1: This is Mike Sando, who covers the NFL for The Athletic, with us here. Follow him on Twitter, at SandoNFL. He's also the co-host of the Football GM Podcast. Uh, here where I'm sitting in New York, Mike, we've had uh, a lot of Zach Wilson conversations. And normally after a game and during a week, Robert Sala is very um, – immediately backs Zach, and he's our guy, and he's showing progress. And then yesterday we got, um, yeah, maybe we'll make a change. Got to watch the film. Zach didn't really get worse yesterday. His play didn't change. So what changed, though, do you think in terms of the coach's mind that
2: finally he's opening the door to making a move? Well, yeah, losing the game definitively, right? I mean, it's hard to hide behind that. We saw already in the last couple weeks he pled the fifth you know, in kind of a conversational interview on a radio show. Yeah, it
1: almost felt like it coming. wasn't his choice, Mike, right? When he said that, it was like, he was like, I can't, It's I, I'm not making the call, yeah. so I can't answer these questions anymore.
2: Well, I do think there is an organizational element to a quarterback that's drafted second overall and what you're going to do. And then there's also the secondary issue of they don't have Steve Young as the backup, right? <laughs> so, you know, they Fair. sort of made their bed with this. And they, I don't think they're very excited to go to the next guy uh, either. And so that's a huge part of the equation. I think if they had somebody that looked, say if Mike White was still there, yeah, he'd be playing.
1: Yeah, and, and to me, that's the thing. I understood at the beginning wanting to see what maybe Zach Wilson was, but the fact that they went forever and only added Trevor Simeon to that room, that to me is really where the blame goes. And the, and the thing that they definitely did incorrectly was not finding a better backup plan.
2: Yes, I have been a little more forgiving of that than most because I felt like, okay, we're getting Aaron Rodgers. Yes, there's a little bit of an elevated injury risk, but you were thinking more along the lines of he could be banged up like his thumb or something. I was not thinking that he'd play four plays. Right. So I thought there might be a need for the backup to play at, you know, four or five games at most if you had to, and I felt like they could do that with their defense. With Zach Wilson, it was worth, hey, you know, He's been in a bad situation. Let's put him behind Rodgers. And I think that could have helped him. But it was the absolute worst case scenario for them that Rodgers would only last four plays. I mean, that that was just not part of the calculus. Oh, yeah.
1: And I'm thinking more along the lines of in season after Aaron's hurt that they didn't, you know, and, you know, Josh Dobbs's name comes up all the time. But finding somebody like that, that would have been a more significant upgrade than Trevor Simeon or Tim Boyle behind Zach.
2: Yeah. And sometimes you make a mistake as an organization when you're just when you're trying not to undermine somebody on the team. Right. You always yeah. have to do what's best for your organization and be honest about it. And the honest truth was, hey, we like Zach Wilson. We have hopes for him. We can't just bet, every, bet everything on it. Right. We've got to do everything we can. Shoot. He could get hurt or he might not play great. We've got to have another option.
1: Uh, let's talk about some good quarterback play here for just a second. Now, C.J. Stroud did throw three interceptions yesterday, but the Texans and him survive. They win. They keep going. They were touchdown passes. He and Tank Dell are amazing together. Put into perspective, if you can, for us, just how good a rookie season
2: C.J. Stroud's having in Houston right now. It's awesome. I mean, so they they want that team won eleven games over the last three years combined. I really do. I put him on a short list with Matt Ryan, Andrew Luck, and Dak Prescott. And the way that I did this, and I wrote this in my column this morning on the Athletic the Pick Six column, I just narrowed down the list this way. Stroud's one of 35 guys to start the first 10 games of his career. Boom. 35, right? Nine of them had a winning record through 10 games. Okay, He's Stroud's on that. Seven of them through their first 10 games, won more games as a team than they won the whole previous year. Okay, Stroud's on that list. Four of them, though, did that while having a top 10 offense. And I think that's the big dividing line. There's lots of ways to win with a rookie quarterback. They usually don't include the rookie quarterback being a top 5 or top 10 quarterback in the league, right? Usually you're stacked. You'd think you'd be stacked on defense We're running the ball, little smoke and mirrors. This quarterback, Stroud, is really productively statistically a top five to top five quarterback in the league. So I just think it's remarkable what he's been able to do and caught everybody off guard. And and if you'd asked me before the season, I would have said, I like Stroud. He would have been the quarterback I took first. And I said, he was going to struggle because if you looked out of the gates, their schedule of defenses was difficult. You look at their organization, they had a first year head coach, a first time offensive coordinator, all the recipe, Everything was there for him to show some flashes but really have a tough year. I think you just have to really appreciate what they've been able to do and what he's been able to do.
1: If you have to pick one out of that South, is it them or is it the Jaguars?
2: Uh it's probably still the Jaguars. Uh I still probably the Jaguars, yeah. And I think Indy's gonna be competitive in it too. The flip
1: side of the rookie quarterback conversation is Bryce Young in Carolina. It- What's your feeling how good he actually is and how much he's being uh screwed yeah. to say it nicely by the rest of the Panthers around him?
2: Uh yeah, I do think that he had the big question marks coming in with his size that was a, made him a greater risk. And then, you know I thought they would be better as a team probably. Uh defensively, you know, offensively now you look at the weaponry and you go, God, what were they thinking? Adam Thielen's the best uh, guy that they've got, but I don't remember everybody before the season saying they were going to be the wor- one of the worst offenses ever. So it's been, I think, a letdown of somewhat a combination of things. Yes, the weaponry is one of them. Uh, Bryce Young probably hasn't played as well as they've hoped, and then I do think that Frank Reich has an offense that probably puts a little bit more on the quarterback, whereas I think in Houston, C.J. Stroud's in more of a Shanahan-type offense. I think they've been able to you know, run the ball off quite a bit on early downs, early in the games, give him a little bit probably uh, of a better head start in that. Whereas I feel like Bryce Young's been kind of more in a sink or swim situation and is probably a quarterback anyway, just by his size, who needs more around him.
1: Mike, last thing, can't ask for more than Eagles Chiefs on Monday Night Football Um, this Chiefs defense has been pretty impressive so far. Does it stay impressive tonight or Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown too much for them?
2: I think it stays impressive. You know, I I do give the the Chiefs the edge of being at home. I know both teams are off a bye, but I like Philly off a bye even more than I like. I mean, I like Kansas City, Andy Reid off a bye even more than I like Philly. Uh, Mm -hmm. And that defense has been outstanding. I think it's a great game for them. Um, And I think I predicted maybe something along the lines of a 24-20 you know, twenty-seven, twenty-three. The big variable to me is can Kansas City get their explosive pass offense going, and we haven't seen it. Patrick, Holmes has made, Patrick Mahomes has made promises, mm-hmm. so you trust him, but they just haven't been able to get that going, and Travis Kelsey's half his explosive catch rate for his career this year. He's career low uh, yards per catch, so a little bit of a concern there, but their defense has been so good, it hasn't mattered. Mike, this was fun. Thanks for the info.
1: We appreciate it. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll talk to you again soon, I'm sure. Thank you. That's Mike Sando. Read him at the Athletic. He's also the co-host of the Football GM podcast. Uh, he's on Twitter at Sando NFL. He's covered the league for a long time. Seattle, the Seahawks specifically, and now doing it nationally for the Athletic. We'll do more on Eagles Chiefs to close out the show. Buyer sales come up in just a second, but let me throw this on D Sales lap here. All of you loyal listeners know that D cell looks at the world uniquely. Things. He zigs when you zag. When you give directions to a lost stranger in your neighborhood, Diesel crosses the street to avoid such interactions. I mean, I don't really know what you're trying to say here. Ah, I mean, you also recently admitted to not really following stop signs. In certain situations.
3: Yeah, which is, it's not like a general theory that I have. <laughs> like Oh, it says stop. I'm going to speed up. <laughs>
1: So this morning, I'm driving to the train, the railroad, to come into Manhattan. Now, on my normal shift, that drive is done. It's like a 12-minute drive. It's basically done in solitude, in pitch black dark, at roughly 4 a.m. Eastern time. Doing this show, I got to sleep a little bit. So when I drove for the train at 6.15... The sun was starting to peek out. There were other people on the road. It was very different. The end of the trip, I'm going up a residential block. So, I mean, there's houses on each side, stop signs, air quote, at every corner. So, I'm on this this street, and, again, I'm usually by myself. So, as I get to a stop sign, I see a white SUV with some aggression come up behind me. And I'm like, dude, come on! And now I wasn't. Now I stop at the stop sign so like a human should for two seconds. Scanned, nobody there. And now I move. I was doing. I was not going slow. Nothing. I get back up again. I'm on a residential street. This guy has made me now is still on my bumper. And I look down. I'm doing 30. Like that's uh, that's probably actually too fast technically on residential Street. And all of a sudden, this person pulls out around me. Now this is a It is a two-way road, but it's narrow enough that there's no dividing line. It's just a paved road. This guy zips around me, blows past me, taps his brakes at the side. I I I I didn't even see them. might have been a woman. Taps the brakes at the next stop sign, and then immediately he's at top speed again. And I'm doing 30, and he is leaving me in his dust. So he's at least doing 50 down a residential road. I really, as he was going past me, I really, I wish there was a way to cause a safe accident that I knew no one would get hurt, and I could just after we had stopped go. This is what happens when you drive like a bleepity bleep. Like I just wanted to sideswipe him to be like, stop doing this. We're on. A, it's this. There are houses. It's the morning. Wherever you're, if you're late for the train, that's on you. Too bad. I don't know where you're going. You can't drive like this on a street like this. I also – then I wanted, like, to bright him as he was in front of me. Like, I wanted to do something, honk. But the last time I honked at somebody who was driving, like, a dope around me, I thought they were going to stab me with a road <laughs> rage incident. So I didn't do anything. My assumption is I, as I tell you this story, you're going to tell me how I was wrong, that I was driving poorly,
3: that this guy should have swerved around me and zipped ahead. So the floor is yours. The only reason that I won't say that, and thank you again for having this this bizarre situation remind you of me. Yeah. I really appreciate yeah. that. Um, the only thing that changes everything that I'm about to say right now is that it was a residential area. Okay. If you are on a, I don't know, not it doesn't even need to be a highway, and this situation happens... You gotta let it go. You gotta forget about it and let it go. Residential area, you're at the time of the morning now where kids are starting to get ready for school. Yeah, They're paper waiting for school might be buses. out. Do they have those yeah. still? Like that's that's a no no. That's an absolute no no. I would never, ever approach. Would I honk at you for waiting too long at a stop sign? Sure. But I didn't. Yeah. You cannot speed like that and drive that aggressively in a residential area. Can't do it. You can't. You're late for the train, then you're late for the, you're late for work. That's your fault. Can that, that is a that is a absolute no-no.
1: Yeah, I couldn't believe it and it's just at it, it this is a, because I have kids and they're now old enough where they they're actually leaving like we let them kind of go to the park in the neighborhood or walk up the block to their friend's house without us doing it like I'm extra sensitive to the way people drive and I've noticed there are a lot of cells out there, at least in my part of Long Island, that seem to think that stop signs are mere suggestions, that slowing down and like rolling through is good enough to know that no one's going to walk in front of you. But it seems like in general, we're, most drivers now are like off a level. They drive like in a parking garage, they drive like they're on the street, on the street, Residentially, they drive like they're on like a boulevard with that has street lights and multiple lanes. Then we go from when you're on the boulevard, you're driving like you're on the highway and you're doing sixty and a thirty-five. And then when you're on the highway, it's like the autobahn and you're doing ninety. Everyone just needs to bring it down a level and take us back to where we're supposed
3: to be. I will give you one tip though for the future. What if you really want to, you know, make the person behind you who's riding your bumper really upset? What I found as that person who was aggressively driving, mm. nothing drives me more nuts right. than when that person will spray their wiper fluid. Then it gets on your wiper, and it's enough water <gasps> where it smears your windshield, right, right. but it doesn't go away. Like it's just enough to drive you crazy. That is worse than like any other anything you can do if you if you're the person in front. Spray your wiper fluid. It gets on the person behind you because right. they're so close to you. And then it's just enough to smear it. Oh. It'd be even better if we had like some kind of mini
1: water gun in the back of cars. You could just like spray somebody's <laughs> windshield and be like, this is because you're driving like a dope. Uh, but enough of D cell because more D cells coming. Buyer sells next on Rider Than You on CBS Sports
4: Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue.
0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: When he's
3: right, he's right. Are these not not friendly? friendly? No, they are not friendly. They are not friendly whatsoever. They do not like people. In the animal kingdom, they will not give directions to like ducks or turtles. That's right. That's right. I'm basically, oh. I'm basically, you know, a goose. I thought you were going to say a geese. I thought you were, <laughs> were going to get it wrong. <laughs> I, I started did.
0: to. You're listening to Writer Than You with Bill Ryder.
1: It's Andrew Bogushin for Bill today, tomorrow, and Wednesday. Somehow, D Cell is here. As you know, when I'm here, normally he finds a way to not be here. But I guess he's out of vacation and sick days, so he's here. It's segment two of hour two. It's late, which means it's time for Buy or Sell. What side will Bill
0: take on the biggest issues in the world of sports? It's time for today's
3: edition of Buy or Sell on Writer Than You. And just so you know, Bogus, yes, I tried. I'm all out of days. (laughs) Everything's been used up. I tried my best. Well, I'm still honored that you're here. I'm humbled. It's not. That's nothing to do with me. Nope. All right, awesome. let's get to some NFL here. Now, yeah, after, why not? After losing three straight, the 49ers have now won two straight. And in their 27-14 win over the Bucks yesterday, Brock Purdy had a perfect 158.3 passer rating. He's the very first 49er to do that in a game with at least 20 pass attempts. Now, Joe Montana had a perfect rating back in 1989, but he only had 10 passing attempts in that game. Bogus, buy or sell the 49ers are past their woes that flared up in their three-game losing streak.
1: You know, I'm going to buy that, D-Cell. Buy. Now, they did suffer a significant injury on defense in this game yesterday, but their offensive pieces are all back together, and now they're rolling, and Purdy has been really good for these last two weeks. Ayuka, 76-yard touchdown catch yesterday, I'm a little bothered by how fragile they seem to be, that if one thing is off, they can't win. That does bother me a little bit. But when they're all together, they're pretty damn good. On a side note here, I've got to sell on the sentence yesterday, Brock Purdy was perfect against the Buccaneers.
3: Sell. Quarterback
1: Mm -hmm. rating... Is not a good stat in my est- estimation. The official one. There are other ones that people throw around. There, I don't think any of them really work. But the official, like QB rating thing, is dumb. And even though he was perfect yesterday in the rating, he had four incompletions. If you're perfect, you got to go twenty for twenty for whatever, and no, pe- then you're perfect. He wasn't perfect. He was really, really good. But there we go. He was perfect as a Buck. He wasn't. He just wasn't. But he was fun to watch.
3: All right, speaking of being fun to watch, after last night's twenty to, excuse me, 21-20 win over the Vikings, the It doesn't Bron- matter. The Broncos have now won four straight, and that's the most in the NFL right now. Four-game winning streak. Russell Wilson hit Cortland Sutton for the game-winning touchdown with a minute three to go. Denver is now 5-5 five and five and back in the playoff race in the AFC. Bogus, buy or sell this winning streak is making you believe in the Denver Broncos. Sell me. So
1: they were at home I know it's a great story but they need to score with less than two minutes left to survive Josh Dobbs and the Vikings minus Justin Jefferson their last three wins they have 12 takeaways that to me is not a repeatable thing for much longer so at some point they're going to stop taking the ball away which will let the other offenses score points on them, and I still don't think they can score enough. So it's a nice recovery from that 70-20 Miami beating, but this team, when push comes to shove, still doesn't matter to me in the FC playoff picture.
3: 30 years after Jimmy Johnson coached the Dallas Cowboys to consecutive Super Bowl titles, the former head coach will finally be inducted into Dallas' ring of honor. Jerry Jones gave Johnson the news on live TV yesterday.
0: But I will say this, it was magical the time we had together. And I want you to
3: know something. On December the thirtieth of nineteen twenty-three, you're going in the Dallas Cowboy Ring of yeah. Yeah. Texas. I hope it's twenty twenty. I hope it's twenty, right. hope it's 20 twenty-three. No. <laughs> yeah, what did I say, twenty twenty wow. three? Well it is twenty twenty-three. I know <laughs> you want to get this real clear. Okay. Three weeks from now. <laughs> Four weeks from <laughs> now. Bogus, buy or sell, you're surprised Jerry Jones is putting Jimmy Johnson into the ring of honor. Buy or sell, I'm surprised Jerry has no way. What year it is? Buy. Buy. 1923,
1: what kind of mistake is that? <sighs> That's a rough one.
3: That's a rough one. Did he say it from the stage coach? I don't know. It's like 1923. I actually, when he started to say that, I didn't know if we were going in the direction of putting Jimmy in the Ring of Honor. Like, clearly, that's what it was set up for, doing it live on Fox. Like, all of that buildup. Yeah. I got nervous that that's not what we were doing. Yeah. I hope Jimmy's
1: free, by the way, on December 30th. Not
3: much heads up, right? No, you'd
1: think. I mean, and Jimmy's, That's what I thought. Jimmy's a busy guy. Yeah. You'd think you'd need to give him months of a heads up to clear his schedule, get folks down there for this, talk only, to the Fox people. Only five days after Christmas? yeah New Year's is coming up I don't know what what the Cowboys game is that day if I mean if Fox is gonna like do the pregame show from there but
3: they have to right
1: yeah not that I cared about the disconnect between these two guys but Jimmy deserves to be treated better by Jerry and the Cowboys so this is good news for Jimmy Johnson
3: all right bogus let's get to some college football here now after UTSA beat South Florida on Saturday their head coach Jeff trailer was asked about reports that he's interested in another head coaching job.
2: There was a report last night about an interview with Texas A&M.
3: Did, did you interview with Texas A&M? You know, we had 18 seniors play tonight. And it's a shame, really, that that's what everybody talked about. Any second someone's talking about Jeff Trailer and not Frank Harris is a travesty towards those 18 seniors. Bogus, buyers saw that Jeff Trailer needed to come up with a better response than that. I buy times buy. a million. You know me.
1: I love Roadrunners football, and Frank Harris is a Roadrunners legend at UTSA. A better host might have listened to the entire Jeff Trailer press conference. I didn't. Um, did anyone point out to Jeff Trailer that he could have just not interviewed for the a and job before Senior Day, therefore he wouldn't be asked about it? And wouldn't have to fake scold reporters for doing their job. This one really bothered me, and it present it was presented by our friends ish at CBS Sports on social media as if this was the correct answer from Jeff Trailer. Like this was the, the chivalrous thing to say, and it's not. Those guys in that room are doing their job. They have to ask that question, just like Jeff Trailer doing his job. For his career, he should interview for A&M. But if he's the one interviewing for A&M during the all-important senior week, if he cares about Frank Harris and the other 17 seniors getting their due attention this week, then tell A&M, hey guys, if you really want me, I'll get to you on Sunday or Saturday night after senior day. You don't get to interview for that job and then try to be all holier than thou or hoopier than thou when you're asked about it.
3: Seeing the visual of it is another thing, too, because Coach Trailer stared down this report. Yeah. He was not happy with this question then, whatsoever. Then don't interview for the job. You can't help the rumors, right? You can't. If people are
1: connecting you to that job, you can't stop that. But you don't have to
3: interview during senior week if it's that important. Side note, too, if I'm Texas A&M, last week there was reports from the Dodd father, Dennis Dodd of CBS, mm-hmm. that they went after Dan Campbell. Right, played his college ball at him. Doesn't it feel weird now you're going after UTSA head coach? Doesn't that feel like a wide gap? So, and I, I'm not saying Coach Trail not a good coach. Right. No, I, I think though this is where they have to live.
1: They they need this can't be a name hire, and they probably since they're paying Jimbo at seventy six million dollars, they probably also can't afford another high end guy. And Jeff Trailer deserves a bigger job than this. So this and the guy at Liberty has been mentioned. Those are the guys that they should be going after. I think the Campbell thing was, Hey, maybe he'll just say yes. And that's the home one higher, but that's the only big name swing we're going to take.
3: All right, you mentioned it. Hoopier than now, Some NBA here. Last night, LeBron James led the Lakers to a 105-104 win over the Houston Rockets. If you say so. LeBron finished the game with 37 points on 14 of 19 shooting in 39 minutes played and added in 6 rebounds and 8 assists for good measure. Oh, by the way, Bogus, he hit the game-winning free throw with 1.2 seconds to go. Buy or sell LeBron's accomplishments in year 21 are unrivaled. I will always buy this. Buy. And I see people who
1: can't stand LeBron. I understand he has been annoying, but he has never been actually bad. So I think you're telling on yourself when you complain about LeBron. And this doesn't make any sense. The dude turns 39 on December 30th. 39, and he played 39 quality minutes in an NBA game. He's running and dunking, and it, it doesn't. It shouldn't be like this. And he lets it be by all the work he puts into his game and his body. I'm here for it. Um, the other day, you know, second was with a triple-double. People like, well, who cares? Like, it's just, you don't need to spend your whole day basking in his glory. But you can acknowledge the fact that he shouldn't be this good at 39 years old in the NBA.
3: All right, Bogus, let's do some baseball here. One of your favorite teams in sports, the Phillies. Locked up pitcher Aaron Nola to a seven-year, $172 million deal yesterday. The 30-year-old Nola is coming off a 12-9 and season with a 4.46. Let me say that one more time. 4.46. <laughs> buy or sell the Phillies actually got the better end of this deal.
1: Buy or sell. My favorite part of buy or sell is when you throw things in like, let me say that slowly or buy. I'll repeat that for you.
3: You would love that. I
1: don't I know why. I love it. I'll also buy your actual question. Buy, Assuming that paying him 7 and 172 does not keep them from making other moves they lock up a guy that's durable that's effective that they know and also the alternative was him going to the Braves and being useful and durable for them in your face for the next three four or five years so to keep him away from Atlanta to keep him in your rotation with I'm assuming not spending all of your free agency budget on him yes good move by the Phillies
3: It's time for No Context, Buy or Sell. Just one for you today. Buy or Sell this weekend was a terrible look for Formula One racing. I'm going to sell that, D-Cell.
1: Sell. Thank you for asking.
3: Do I get to expound on that? Uh, That's not really how it works, but if you'd like to. No,
1: you say one thing and I say Buy or
3: Sell, then we're done,
4: right? Yeah, that's it. Okay.
3: Yeah. Now people will never know what happened. Things and things happened. A lot of different it, things. It's a valid question. There's
1: there's legal issues. There are lawyers are
3: involved. Lots of money. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. But the race apparently was good, I'm told. I didn't watch it. Since it began at eleven thirty at night, our time here in New York. And that apparently is one of the problems about the weekend as well. But yeah, if there's only a way to find things out other than us telling you. You guys could know what F1 in Vegas was this weekend. Don't but
3: tell people there's other ways to find information. When
1: we're your only source and we run out of time and you don't get the context, you are S-O-L. And I doubt it's going to be in an update right now. I was going to say, maybe Marco's going to tell him. I'm going to shake my head no on that.
4: No, I actually wanted to know because I don't know what the story is. So I was curious to find out what the information is. And you guys aren't going to tell me. So So, now i got to figure it out.
1: Here's the good news for you, though, is uh, you're not technically a listener. So the loophole is I can tell you off the air. I just can't say it out to the audience. Aha! Those are the rules of no context by ourselves. So, uh, That's correct.
4: So at this point, I'm supposed to do the na 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 nah to the audience. Is that is that basically what? No, it no, is? no just, just if, you, know? if you'd
1: like to play along. Okay. Yeah, I mean, do your update, and then we've got a five minute break. Diesel can bring his marker board in. We can do a little flow chart of all the problems, oh. and then you decide if it was good or bad for I, F1.
4: I do like a little flow chart. right?
3: Yeah. The uh, the funny part of a uh, uh, funny part about no context by ourselves is supposed to be a time saver. And it's only adding time here. Every day when I do it with Bill as well. Yep. Uh,
1: Eagles, Chiefs, and not F1 after your sports update. Here's Marco.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. You put in the
1: hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela,
0: the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
4: You're
1: listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Stream the NFL on Westwood One for free. Sponsored by AutoZone. All season long, you can listen to every Westwood One broadcast of the NFL live on the NFL app by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports or on the Odyssey app. Get in the zone, AutoZone. The free AutoZone fix finder service can help you find a fix for free. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. Final few minutes on this Monday. Andrew Bogish in for Bill. He is off all this week. I'm here tomorrow and then Wednesday. I don't know who's here Thursday or Friday. It's not Cell either, so he doesn't care. Therefore, he can't tell me who will be here but someone will be here ahead of football on Thursday and then coming off all that football on Friday morning as well. Tomorrow's show, buy or sell. NFL Power Rankings, I believe, in a shock, a segment that doesn't really involve D-Cell. And we'll get you set for the new CFP rankings tomorrow night. And, of course, we will break down probably more than once Eagles, Chiefs, tonight. That's, at any point in the season... That's as good as it gets on a Monday night. But what I like about this matchup is it's not just a Super Bowl rematch, It's also a Super Bowl preview because after playing at the end a year ago, here we are in week 11, and the Chiefs have the best record in the AFC and the Eagles have the best record in the NFC. and they're both coming off buys, so they're all good to go. They've had a chance to get healthy. They've had a chance to work on some of their kinks and their issues to try and be as good as they possibly could be, and everybody is basically healthy. Mahomes is there, Hurts is there, Kelsey's there, A.J. Brown is there. There are certainly injuries on both sides, I get that, but nobody's season has been thrown in the blender because QB1 is down or whatever. They were in the Super Bowl, they have stayed Super Bowl worthy, and now they meet here in Week 11, which I I guess I wonder, and maybe Mike Sander would have had a thought or two on this, I wonder if either head coach is thinking about, you know, playing this game more towards the vanilla side than the aggressive creative side, just in case you do play again, again in February, that you've got more things to break out for the first time against them. But this is going to be fun. And yeah, there's all the sideline stuff. It's the Kelsey brothers, it's the oddity of. Apparently the Kelsey and Swift families meeting at this game, but Taylor is not going to be there. What's so odd about
3: that? Well, I guess it's meeting anywhere without Taylor involved. Like, shouldn't they all Travis is going to be on the field. So he's not going to be there,
1: but he at least can see them, you know, after the game, maybe they were in town yesterday and they went to dinner last night, or they're going to have a nice brunch today in the Casey area
3: you'd think that the, the couple needs to be there to bring everyone together. Don't make this more than it needs to be. The I'm... parents are meeting. Everything is fine. Taylor doesn't need to be there. Travis is down on the field doing his thing. Just let this unfold, and we can react to it tomorrow. Well, you're,
1: listen, you're speaking to a guy that is on team real love. Like, this is a real thing. I I don't think they're messing for cameras or hoping for attention I think this is a real thing because there's no way Taylor Swift would spend any time with Brittany Mahomes if this was just for clicks and likes (laughs) and purchases. And Kelsey's not going on his bye week to South America for a smooch side stage if this was just about the outside. This is real, baby. So I'm glad the families are meeting. It's just odd to me that the families are meeting without Taylor Swift being
3: involved. I mean, they're both very busy people. When do you want them to do it? She's on tour. He's in the NFL. Like, or, a lot going on.
1: Or, because they they are there are planes, and as far as I know, her shows in South America are only weekends. So she did one last night. She could have been in the air all night, and she's going to show up at Arrowhead today.
3: By the way, has your uh, has your lovely daughter asked you to go to one of these Taylor Swift shows? You know what? I have not gotten that request yet, but she definitely likes Taylor
1: Swift, wants to see the movie, but I have not gotten the direct request for concert tickets yet. She would 100% go excitedly, but, you know, it's Christmas time and it's not been mentioned for Santa or anything like that just yet.
3: I don't think as a dad I would mind that show. It's supposed to be amazing. My only concern is the logistics
1: of it, is getting to it, in particular here In the New York area, the option is MetLife Stadium, and that is one of the worst places on earth in this venue, right? I mean, in terms of stadiums, it is so impossibly hard to get there, to get out of there. For a football game, which I, I think has a smaller crowd than one of these shows because of the people on the field, on the ground, you know, so I want no part of that aspect to it I could even deal with, you know, screeching teenagers and girls fainting and friendship bracelets or whatever. I just don't want to have to go to MetLife Stadium. I'll listen. I know people are traveling, like changing locations. There are people who apparently, you, I think you guys discussed this, that are going to like Europe in 2024 Because it's somehow cheaper to fly and stay in a hotel in Europe and buy concert tickets than just the concert
3: tickets here at American venues. I mean, that tells you all you need to know, right? Like, if you're going to Europe because it's cheaper and you have to plan a whole vacation around it, you're not just going for the concert. If you're commuting to Copenhagen (laughs) because that's better than driving to Jersey
1: that's more, you know, fiscally responsible, then something's off here in the U.S. of A. But we've got that side show on top of a really, really good football game. And there's still a lot to figure out. The Eagles and their secondary, that's probably the weakness. And I use that term loosely. But they're going up against the Chiefs offense, as Mike Sandel told us to start this hour, that is not peak Chiefs. But we're also, again, week 11. Tonight's game might tell us a lot about what the Chiefs are in reality. Switching the conversation of, when are they going to find it to they're not going to find it. So how do they survive? I don't have the numbers in front of you, but Andy Reid is one of the best coaches coming off a buy and they've had time to figure things out. Who's the number one target? How do we make Kelsey more dangerous? If they don't have more of those quote unquote explosive plays tonight against the defense that there's, there's room for them against it. Um, That's a concern for me. They need to keep trending in the right direction on that front in this game tonight, coming off the bye. If they look, you know, not that dangerous offensively, it's still Mahomes, still Kelsey, but if they they still don't have the ability of that top-end fear to throw into opponents, at this point in the year, it may be time to just kind of give up on them finding it. It just might not be what they can do this year. Lost the Chiefs defense, at times, has been their best unit this year. How does it hold up against Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown? This game is fascinating. It's fascinating. And it's so fascinating, d Coupled with my ability to sleep for an extra two and a half hours to come in and hang out with you, I'm going to watch all of this game live tonight. I have not seen the end of a Monday Night game live all season because I got to get my beauty sleep. My normal process is I get to halftime, call tonight, watch the second half of the game when I get to the building in the morning. I don't need to do that tonight, and this is the perfect game for it.
3: I'd say Monday Night Football this season has probably been a 50 50. Staying up till the end of the game is, has been worth it. Not when you're waking up as early as you do, right? but just in general, this one definitely.
1: Can I text you in the second half or should I leave you alone?
3: I mean, in general, you should probably leave me alone, but go, go for
1: it. Thanks, so It's great to be back. Uh, huge thanks to Mike Sando of The Athletic. Read him there. Listen to his podcast as well. Thank you, guys. You're awesome, as always. Have a great Monday, and we'll see you tomorrow on Writer Than You on CBS Sports Radio.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road.